0: Now, we have told y'all uh, from the beginning of the series that we want you to really be involved in this. And i got to tell you something, man. Pastor Jared Grantham heads up our creative team who takes a B sermon and turns it into an A sermon. And uh, you say, well, that's our judgment. I understand that. But uh, they do a great job um, just making it more interesting. So here's what the deal is today. Instead of putting up your phones, I want you to get your phones out. I want you to get them out. Get them out, and I want you to use them. I want you to make sure they are on silent, please, but I want you to get them out. and uh, We're going to take a debt poll today. Now, this is totally uh, anonymous. When you text in the information that we're going to ask you to text in in just a minute, um, it is totally anonymous. Your name is not going to come up. With us, your phone number is not going to come up. We're going to have no idea who this is. I'm going to do this. Uh, Millie and I are going to do this today. But what we want to do, we thought it would just be appropriate for us to take an anonymous poll of just how much debt we have in our church family here at the bridge. Now, a lot of you have used your uh, phone to text in votes. How many of y'all, come on now, you voted on American Idol? You voted. Come on, amen. And so you know how to do that. Or maybe you've been at a concert and they wanted you to text something. Or you've been at a conference and they wanted you to text something like that. Again, anonymous and uh, allows you to use your phone in church. I think we're probably the only church in town that goes, get your phone out. I need you to use it during the sermon today. And uh, up on the screen, uh, they're going to put a slide up, kind of show you guys. Uh, how to do it. So what you're going to do is go to uh, new message in your phone. This is the way you do it in my phone. I don't know how it is in yours. And in the, in the uh, uh, two field, so the number you're going to put in, 2 three, you're going to put these letters, 313131, three, one, three, one, okay? So that's the number you're sending it to. And then you're going to put act your wage. Act your wage. No, no spaces in there. Just put it all together. Act your wage. Then a space. Then pick. And don't don't include your mortgage in this. Your mortgage doesn't count in your in your debted area. Your debt area because um, you can go back and sell your home and get your money back. Uh, so so we don't count the mortgage. So I want you to put, if you have no debt, if you have no debt, first of all, uh, if you're looking around, there's, the person beside you is just really, really smiling, they're either, they either have no debt or they're on Percocet, okay? A, <coughs> y'all with me? So two, that's the number you're, you're sending it to, then you put at your wage and then a space and then the letter A if you have no debt, B if you have less than $5,000 debt. C if you got five to ten thousand dollars debt, D if you got ten to thirty thousand, and the letter E if you have thirty to fifty. Okay, and then during the sermon today, those totals are going to come in, and I'm going to be able to see those. So I'm going to share those with you a little bit uh, as the sermon is going on. And again, I promise you, promise you, promise you, uh, this is anonymous. This is absolutely private. Nobody's going to know it's you, but I I just thought it would be a good idea, and the creative team came up with this, just thought it would be a great idea to let you be involved and let you get a picture of kind of where our folks are as it relates to uh, their finances and their debt, okay? Now, you've got your sermon notes there in the seat, so I want you to get those out today, and we're going to walk through habit eight, habit number eight a little bit slower than we have our other um, habits, um, financial habits. For those of you who haven't been here, here's the deal. To, if I want to get physically in shape, then I've got I've to develop habits in my life that allow me or promote getting physically in shape. I've got to get some eating habits going, exercise, other things. If I want to get financially in shape, let's say I'm just totally out of shape financially. Let's say up there on that thing a while ago, I would have been like a D or you know C, D, E, somewhere in there in my debt area. And I want to get rid of that, then I can't keep doing the same thing I'm doing. How many of y'all know that little saying? If you keep doing the same thing you've always done, you're going to get the same results you always got. you got to change something. And of, I think John Maxwell is the one who put it this way, the, uh, the uh, definition of a fool is a person who keeps doing the same thing they've always done, exactly the way they've always done it, but they are expecting something different as a result. It just isn't going to happen, so I have to change habits in my life. So We are giving you eight habits in this sermon series that I promise you, if you practice them, you will get in financial shape. You will. It's not maybe, or I hope so, or there's a good high chance. I mean, the Bible, this is all in the Bible, and uh, we've been giving you those scripture verses. If you are new uh, to this sermon series today, uh, one of the wonderful blessings of technology is you get to go on our website, and you get to listen to any of those sermons. You get to watch any of those sermons that maybe you missed in the sermon series, so make sure Uh, that you do that, okay? Uh, But we're looking in God's Word, finding out what God says about money. doesn't really matter what Pastor Farrell says about money. What matters is what God says about money. We want to find out what God says about um, the meaning of stewardship, what it means to be a good manager of the resources that he's put into our hands. And remember now, we're praying because not only is there this... this, um, Uh, practice of of developing these habits in our life which are essential uh, because when we develop these habits in our life what we're actually doing is obeying God but as I've told you every week when you obey God a supernatural dimension kicks in and so there is this supernatural power that comes on your efforts to get out of debt remember I told you last week that our church will partner with you. We will help you. We're bringing in people who will help you on your uh, sermon notes today at the bottom. And there's only one page today, so you got a whole clear back to write down whatever you want to. There's a bunch of resources down here at the bottom. And uh, we're posting stuff on Facebook, and there's stuff on our website. We want to help you. Practice these things that get you financially fit. But, but here is, this is so important for you to understand this part of it. When you say, I'm going to set myself to obey what the Bible says about money, God honors that. God appreciates that. And when you get God's approval on something like that, and you get God honoring what you're doing because you're obeying him, he puts his hand on it, and all of a sudden, stuff begins to happen financially in your life you didn't expect, you don't know where it came from, you have an encounter, you meet somebody, you get an opportunity you didn't know you were going to have, you get a job opportunity you didn't know you were going to have, you get a raise, a bonus, you get a refund. I pr- Listen, I know we talked about it, I know I'm repeating myself, but the little boy with the five loaves and the two fish, he gave it. Jesus honored it, and a supernatural thing happened, and he went home that day with 12 basketfuls of food. And so there is a supernatural dimension. So so the reason I mention this is to tell you that as you develop these eight habits in your life, pray for a miracle. As you obey God, because listen, let's face it, guys, some of us haven't been obeying God when it comes to money we serve at the church, we read our bible, we pray, we we serve at the soup kitchen, we help people, but i got to tell you man, i got to tell you a lot of times people do all of that but when it comes to their money they're not obeying god. So as you begin to develop god in this era, as you begin to develop these habits and obey god in these eight habits, then begin to pray and say now god, I know I haven't been lined up with your word, but I'm, I'm go, I want to get lined up with your word. And God, I'm asking you for a miracle in my money situation. I'm asking you for a miracle because some of you need a miracle. I mean, even with a debt repayment plan, even with all the resources we're going to give you, if you did all of it for the next 10 years, it would still be a, a, a very uphill battle, wouldn't it? But there's that dimension of the supernatural There is that dimension of the power of the Holy Spirit to do miracles in your life financially. There's a book in our um, bookstore, and I wasn't even going to mention it. I hadn't even planned to mention it, but it's called The Circle Maker. And it's a book that talks about praying big, praying big. See, when you get lined up and you're obedient in God's word, you get to pray big then. You get to pray for stuff that if people beside you heard you praying for it, they'd go, whoa. Pray big. Pray big for your family. Pray big for your own life. Pray big for your friends. Pray big for your church. Pray big. Some of you need a miracle of healing. Pray big. Some of you need a miracle in your marriage. Pray big. Some of you say, my children are too far gone. Nah, man, pray big, pray big, pray big. You know, we feel like we got to pray prayers way down here and kind of make it easy for God, you know. We don't want to pray something up here and God go, well, I can't handle Listen, the hard stuff is no harder for him than it is to do the little stuff. It's hard for us. And sometimes it's hard for us to believe for the big stuff. But I got to tell you, man, God does the the stuff we think is so hard. It is no harder to him than any other thing he would do. God can do anything he wants to, anytime he wants to. And here's something that happens in our mind. We kind of get like the woman. You remember the woman who had the issue of blood? You remember the woman who was hemorrhaging and she had hemorrhaged for 12 years? I just think that woman watched while other people got their miracle. I think she just kind of watched while other people got their miracle. And I think the enemy got in her head, maybe, and said, You know, other people get miracles, but not you. Not you. And one day she heard Jesus was coming to her town, and she thought, You know what? He loves me as much as he loves anybody. I'm going for my miracle today. And she pushed her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. See, that's the mindset you got to get, is that God has a miracle for me. God has a miracle for me. I love when people come up on the screen and tell their stories of the miracles that have been done in their life. But it's time for you to have your miracle. So let's line up with the Word of God, because we know that God's not going to bless us if we're going to stand outside His Word. So we're going to get into His Word and we're going to line ourselves up. Sometimes that takes a while to get that alignment together. But you're going to do that. You're going to start working on it. And then something supernatural happens and the people of the bridge said amen. So let's look real quickly at these eight habits and then we'll focus in on number eight. Remember that God is my source. That's number one. Number two, I have to make my income how? Honestly, you can't. God don't bless cheaters. God don't bless cheaters. Your source is not your salary. Your source is not your job. Your source is not whoever's name is on that check when you get it. Uh, you know, the sign part down at the bottom or, or, you know, up at the top in the left-hand corner. You go, well, that's who I work. That's my. No, that isn't your source. God is. And then you got to make your money honestly. And then number three, got to honor God first. got to honor God first because whatever I want God to bless in my life, whatever area I want him to bless, i got to make him first in that area. I mean, it's pretty arrogant to say, hey, God, I want you to bless this area of my life, but I'm not going to put you first in that area. I'm going to put you like third, fourth. But I want you to really bless me as if I had put you first. See, God's not into that kind of stuff. God's not into that, so put him first. Number four, you gotta save. So we pay who first? We pay God first, then we who do we pay second? Us. Pay God first, pay yourself second, and then live on the rest. We talked about that. Number five, you gotta keep good records. Gotta keep good records. Oh, when we preached on that, people were just shouting all over the church. (laughs) You know, budgets and stuff. Um, so, uh, number, um, I feel like I'm skipping one. Number six, what's number six? A plan. I've got, I've gone backwards in mind here. Uh, a plan. You got to plan your spending. Number seven. What's number seven? A exactly repayment plan. Absolutely. So you got to plan your spending. And what is that called? What's the one word for that right there? Budget, so all your financial problems can be solved by Barney Fife. Nip it in the budget, exactly. And then habit number seven, set up a don't pay the minimum amount every month. Put a little something extra with it. You say, I can, I can only put about 50 cents. Okay, start there. I love what uh, Mother Teresa said when she walked into that leper camp. There were thousands of lepers and the news lady was there, and she said, how are you going to heal all these lepers? How are you going to help all these lepers? She said, I'm going to start with that one right there. See, you've got to just start somewhere. See, you, you, can't, you can't say, I'll tell you when I'm going to start. When I'm able to do this, then I, No, just start with whatever you're able to do. If, you can, if your minimum payment on that credit card is $20... And you say, man, I got to tell you, Pastor, only all I can, pay, I might be able to pay $20.50. Then pay $20.50. That's a repayment plan. They've got that thing set up to make it last as long as they can because they're eating you up on that interest. Set up that repayment plan and then increase it a little bit. Does that make any sense? Number eight, <coughs> excuse me, number eight, commit it all to God. So the first habit was I've got to realize it all comes from God. The eighth habit is I've got to commit it all back to God. My life, my time, my relationships, my money, my future, my job, it's all yours, God. And from now on, I'm going to stop doing it my way, God. I'm going to start doing it your way because my way isn't working. I'm going to do it your way. Now, this isn't going to be on the screen, but it's in your notes, the very first scripture. Proverbs 16, 3, commit your work to the Lord. Commit your work to the Lord, and what? What's that next little word? And then. That's a big little word right there. Everybody say then. So if you're not going to commit your work to the Lord, then what's coming next isn't going to happen. If you commit your work to the Lord, then your plans will succeed. But you've got to do what first? Commit your work to the Lord. You've got to commit it to the Lord. You've got to understand that uh, it all belongs to God, everything. If you want to succeed in life, if you don't want to be a failure in life, and I don't want you to be a failure, I want you to be a success. If you want to succeed spiritually, which is most important, isn't it? If you want to su- succeed financially, emotionally, relationally, you've got to commit all that to God. You've got to commit every bit of that to God. The reason some of you are struggling in some of the areas where you're struggling is because you won't release stuff and let God Take it, you, want, you, you need to get up every morning, and uh, I don't know about you, but, but object stuff helps me, you know, I don't know if that means I'm dumb or what, but I mean, I'll just write down some stuff on a piece of paper, and I'll tear that piece of paper up with each word on it, and I'll go, God, I give you that, and I lay that over on my little table by my chair. God, I give you that because it helps me for that visual. I just gave God my money. I just gave God my two sons. I just gave God my marriage. I just gave God my future. I just gave God my day. I just gave God my finances. And I just like to see it, look at it on that piece of paper, make you some note cards and go, God, I give that to you today. I commit that to you. You see, as human beings, our biggest problem is not debt. Debt is actually a symptom of a deeper problem. Debt is a symptom of the real problem of dissatisfaction, a lack of content, discontent. What did Paul say? Be what in whatever state you're in, be content. Be content. To be happy, to be secure, to be popular, to be valuable, the world tells us you need to have more. And so you get more and you go, well, I still don't have it, so evidently I don't have enough. So i got to get some more, and i got to get some more, and i got to get some more. And that comes from this sense of discontent, not being contented not knowing how to be satisfied with what God's blessed us with. So I want you to make this a part of your prayer. And let me just fess up like I do on most other things I preach. I battle with this just like you do. I battle with this just like you do. I see newer cars. My car runs fine. I love, it runs fine, looks Pretty cool for an old guy, you know. I ran several people off the road coming to church this morning. <laughs> but I'll 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 look at I'll be flipping through or I'll be online. I mean, I mean, uh, recently I stopped by Richie Brady helps me get all my cars. Uh, Richie's here at the bridge, and uh, he's a great blessing to us and he didn't tell me to say this but he helps me get all my cars and uh, so I, I traded cars recently and there was a piece to the car that I traded in to him that I still had and I need to get it back to him so he could put it in that car big mistake I drove up on the car a lot to bring him that piece back I pulled my car up beside new cars Sad. My car looks so sad. But my car looks good in my driveway. But it didn't look good at that new... Are y'all with me? And this spirit of you deserve something better came all over me. And how many of y'all know that wasn't God? That wasn't even the devil. That was me. That was me talking to me. You say, well, I I feel like I deserve to be happy. Let me tell you about happiness. It's a choice. Happiness is a choice. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy in 10 years, 15 years, or 20 years, and you're not going to be happy no matter what you get. Matter of fact, some of the most unhappy people I know are people who have a lot of stuff. Hollywood one of the most unhappy places I've ever seen in my life and all these movie stars with all their riches and I met people in Belize when I was on my mission trip who possess, I mean they don't even possess a tenth of what the poorest person in this church owns. They don't have a tenth of what the poorest person who goes to the bridge owns and I got to tell you something, they had learned to be content because every day we went to serve them, they were laughing and joyful, filled with happiness and joy. And I was filled with happiness and joy when they brought those fried pork skins out there that day. I was... (laughs) Amen. It's a daily decision. Matter of fact, if I were you, go home and make a list of things that make you happy that don't cost anything. How about a sunrise, a beautiful sunrise? Yesterday afternoon, about 5.30, I, I told Millie, we were sitting out under the garage, and I, told, I said, you know, how can the weather be any more perfect than it is right now? And you know what that cost me? Nothing, And there's nothing the world has to offer as beautiful as yesterday afternoon about 5, 5.30. It was just gorgeous. Today's going to be sort of another day like that. Just think about the things that are so precious that don't cost you anything. How about, I don't know, some of y'all don't like it, but crisp fall air. Glory, but have church up in him. <laughs> Because I, fat boys, sweat a lot and (laughs) I like fall weather. Beautiful sunrise, beautiful sunset. How about when those leaves start changing colors? Can anybody, can you buy that anywhere? Pumpkins. This year they got white pumpkins. I've never seen no white pumpkins before. (laughs) I'm an orange pumpkin man myself, but Amen? That's kind of like all races mixed together. You know, orange pumpkins. That includes everybody. How about playing with your children? Wrestling in the floor with your grandchildren? See, the problem's not debt. The problem is unmanaged finances. And unmanaged finances is a symptom of an unmanaged life. We allow our lives to get out of control. Our lives lack discipline. And as a result, we're unanchored. And we're just drifting out there. And, 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 and we find ourselves driven by these influences and forces and, and marketers and economic forces, uh, including being uh, directed... Um, uh, and instead of being directed by disciplines, we've established through God's Word that I've given you. Those eight habits are really eight disciplines. We don't know where we're going. Boy, here's something to tweet. If y'all are tweeting out uh, quotes today, we go out and buy things we don't need with money we don't have. There's the whole problem. Buy things we don't need with money we don't. Have And then we spend all our time working to pay it back and worrying to make the payments on stuff we didn't even need that was bought with money we didn't even have. We spend so much of our time trying to pay these debts off. It's impossible for us to enjoy what we bought. We just had to have it. But now we can't enjoy it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5.19, who wrote Ecclesiastes? Solomon. And Solomon was the what kind of man? Wise. Ecclesiastes 5.19, it says, if God gives us wealth and property and he lets us what? Enjoy them. We should be what? And what? What we have what for? Worked for. It is the gift from God. Here's the way most people use their money. They do the same five things over and over. As they get money, they go out and spend it with no plan whatsoever. Then they worry about not having enough money. They worry about how they're going to pay for it. If there's any left over, then they'll try to save a little. And then after all that, if there's any left over, they'll give a little bit. That's not the plan God blesses. You say, well, what plan does God bless? Here's the plan God blesses. The plan God blesses, it goes like this. First, you recognize that God is your source and of security. Then you work honestly for a living. Then you give the first part back to Him. You give the second part to yourself, and you live on the rest. That's the plan God blesses. That's the plan God will put His supernatural hand of power on and make five loaves of bread and two fish turn into five baskets, 12 baskets. You say, well, I can't live on the rest. And that reveals that you're living beyond your means. You need to make some tough choices. So here, here is a question that I want to pose to you today. If you, if you will not think about your money in relation to yourself, if you're like, well, I'll be glad when this series is over so I can get back to doing what I want to do. I want you to think about your children I want you to think about your children. And I want to ask you a question. Do you want your children to think about money and manage money the way you think about money and manage money? Here's some evaluation questions. How do you want your children to view money? Let me ask you something. Do you want your children to be in the shape you're in when they're your age? What kind of legacy do you want your children to think about money the way you think about money? What kind of legacy do you want to leave your children concerning the resources God has put in their hands? Let me ask y'all, has there been any moments during this sermon series when you've said, because there have for me, when you've said, I wish somebody told me that when I was 10 years old? Always oh, somebody told me that when I was 20. Let me tell you, let me tell you 18, 19, let me just tell you 16-year-olds to to early 20s. If you will sit down and do the math, if you put $20 a month away right now, you will be independently wealthy by the time you're about 40 years old, 40, 45 years old. You'd be able to quit your job. See, I got to tell you, nobody pushed that with me. Nobody told me that. Nobody taught on that. See, that's why I think it's so important for the church to talk about these things. Because when I preach on stuff like this, there are people who I can tell. They're like, I just don't think the church, this is any of their... The church. The Bible's filled with how you ought to save. So I want you to think about your children. And I want you to decide today, right now, this morning... You know what? If I'm not going to do it for myself, I'm going to do it for my children. Look at the book of Judges here, Uh, the book of Judges. It says, what? Judges 2, 10, 11. When that whole generation had passed away, another generation came after them who didn't know the Lord or the things that he had done for Israel. What kind of generation's coming after us? What kind of generation are we bringing into the world? Then the Israelites did things that the Lord saw as evil. They served the Baals, the false gods. I love this quote. The life you leave is the life you lead. If you want to leave your children with a good legacy, you got to put it in them now. You gotta lead it now. You gotta establish it now. The life you leave is the life you're leading right now. It's not rocket science. Your children, you're the most influential person in your child's life. You're the most influential person in your child's life. I gotta tell you something. Um, wish I'd wish I'd really understood that more as a parent. So I want to say to you younger parents out there, they act like they're not listening to you. They are, you know, they act like, you know, I wish, you know, they just stop talking. They're so old. They don't know what they're talking. Listen to me. Listen. They're listening to you. They're listening to you. As a matter of fact, my mom and dad are still very influential in my life, and my dad's opinions about things are very influential in my life. And so um, just understand if you're not going to do these eight habits for yourself teach them to your children and practice them in front of your children so that they don't ever dig the kind of pit that maybe you dug for yourself. Let me give you some numbers. Guys can y'all put those numbers um, back up there um, from the um, I just saw them up here and they're gone now. Okay. Um, The debt numbers, can y'all put those back up for me? Oh, they're up here? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. They're they're all the time playing with me. We had 140 participants. And um, the average debt per person that came in of the 140, look at that. Everybody say, wow. Total debt of these $2,317,000. So we got some work to do. We got some work to do. And that's just this service. We haven't even um, added the second service yet. I'm telling you, man, God wants you free. God wants you free. Right before we go home, I want to talk to you about a challenge I want to put in front of you. We do this every year. We do this challenge every year. It is called Offering Fit for a King. Offering Fit for a King. And who is our king? God is our king. The Lord Jesus Christ is our king. Two weeks from today, September 29th, and then October 3rd at the Goldsboro campus, we're going to challenge everybody in our church to test God. You don't have to. Nobody's going to check to see if you did. We're just putting the challenge out there. Millie and I have accepted the challenge. We're going to do this. Here's what we're asking you to do. Two weeks from today, we're asking you to tithe. Two weeks from today. And give a sacrificial offering like you've never given before. And say to God, you're my source. You're my source. I trust you. Um, the book of Malachi 3.10 says, bring to my storehouse, we believe that's the local church, wherever you go to church, bring to my storehouse a full tenth of what you earn, and then what does he say? Test me in this. Test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord. I will open the windows of heaven for you, And pour out all the blessings you need. See, the bridge didn't come up with this challenge. God did. This is God's idea. God says, put me to the test. God says, put me first in your life. Put me first in your life financially and watch what I do. This is a chance to leave that financial legacy. Because here's what I hope you'll do. And I know you've got to process this, and I know you've got to think about this. And if you're a guest here today, or you're somebody who hasn't even decided to attend our church yet, then this isn't for you. This isn't for you. This is just for our folks here at the bridge. If you're a, if you're a first-time visitor, don't, you can check out on me right now and text somebody or whatever you want to do. This is for our church family. I want, to, I want you to go home and sit down with your children. I want you dads to be the spiritual leader in your house. And ladies, if if your husband's not that spiritual leader in your house, then I want you to rise up and take that role. I know a lot of women have to do that. And I want you to bring the children around, and I want you to begin to pray about what God would say for you to give two weeks from today in the offering fit for a king. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring our offering that day. We're going to have our offering Uh, containers sitting up here and you're going to bring your offering as an act of worship while we're singing you're going to bring your offering and I want you to bring it with your children I haven't talked to our kids church pastor yet and I don't know if we can work all this out but I really would love it if even the kids could come over for that and walk up as families but we'll have to see how all the logistics of that work but if we don't have them come over here they will do the same thing over there and they'll walk up but let's see what God will do in your life. Because here's what happens every year when we do this. There's tons of testimonies that come in. Pastor, you're not going to believe. You're not going to believe. And it's not always money. Sometimes it's other things that, that were bondages in their life that, got, that, that broke through. Things people had been praying about for a long time. Lost people that they wanted to see come to Christ. They were just, God just released a power and released blessing in the lives of people when they obeyed him in this area. He said, said, it's important where your money goes because that shows where your what? Where your heart is. So as your pastor, I'm just standing here today telling you two weeks from today, Offering fit for a king. Millie and I are going to participate. You say, well, well, I'm a tither, Pastor. What What if I'm already tithing? Then here's what I'm going to ask my tithers to do. Thank God for you. God bless you. I want you to give something extra that day. Millie and I are going to give our tithe. We give our tithe every month. And we're going to give something extra on that day, two weeks from today. We're just going to give above and beyond. And we're going we're gonna to be right here with you. The staff is going to do this. The church board is going to do this. Ministry directors are going to do this. Bridge owners are going to do this. You say, well, I'm not an owner yet. Yeah, but you know, if this is your church, if you call the bridge your church, you're in with us on this. And we're going to see God do some marvelous, marvelous things. But some of you need a miracle and that miracle is going to be released in your life when you learn to step out in the dark and trust God. How many of y'all remember, I'm about to tell my age, how many of y'all remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? You remember that scene where he is at the edge of that thing, that precipice, and, and he puts his foot out like that and there's nothing there, but there really is a bridge there, but it's invisible, but it doesn't show up till he puts his foot down. You know, that's sometimes how it is with God. Sometimes God's like, you know what, it's there, and it's going to appear for you, but I need you to trust me enough to just go ahead and put your foot down where it doesn't look like there's anything. And when you do, it's going to be there. So some of y'all are going to have to trust God in the dark. Some of you are thinking right now with me doing this, you're thinking, "I I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Do without something. Do, you know what? Somebody might give $200 on that day, and that's the biggest offering they've ever given to the church. But you know what? There might be somebody who gives 20 and it's the biggest offering they ever gave to the church. And in order for them to give that 20, they had to eat uh, some peanut butter sandwiches and eat some bologna sandwiches. But they went, God, you know what? For you, for you, for your glory, for your glory, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna give the biggest offering I've ever given to any church anywhere. I'm gonna give that. Now, let me, let me say this. Because I just try to think, if I were out there in the audience, what would I be thinking right now? Pastor saying this, what would I be thinking? Maybe somebody's thinking... Well, who who do y'all think you are to to get that offering? Well, if you're not going to give it to us, go give it to somebody. Go give it to a church somewhere. I'm serious. I don't want you to miss that blessing. Go find a church who cares about kids. Find a church who cares about lost people coming to Christ. Find a church who believes the Bible. Find a church who believes in discipling uh, uh, new Christians and getting people deeper into the Lord. Find a church who releases people to do ministry and serve. Find a church who's reaching out to the community. If it's not the bridge, fine, that's fine. I want this blessing blessing released in your life. So if you don't do it here two weeks from now, do it somewhere. Do it somewhere. And let's see what God will do in your life. Because he is the God who can turn five loaves of bread and two fish into 12 baskets full. Baskets full. Amen.